Hey guys, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back with a review of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Okay, review sounds like a really organized term. <laughs> I'll call this a discussion. My discussion of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. So, by the fun fact, um, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, the, di- the direct translation from Korean is psycho, but it's okay. I was like, I wish they had named it that. Because I really, really avoided this series. Okay, this K-drama because of the name. I was like, no, what the hell kind of drama is this? It's okay to not be okay. (laughs) The only thing that made me click it when it appeared on my Netflix was the recommendation. Like, I went on Google and was like, top K-dramas. Because I I was just tired of watching low-quality K-dramas. So, like, top K-dramas on Netflix. Then there was the world of the married. Then there was crash landing on you, and it's okay to not be okay. So I had watched crash landing on you. I am yet to watch world of the married. It may be my next drama. I'm not sure. So I said, mm, let me just try this. It's okay to not be okay. So my first impressions, I didn't like it. <laughs> let me explain. <clears throat> if you've been listening to this podcast, you know. Crash Landing on You is my favorite drama to date. Honestly, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get over this drama because I'm just talking about it every single day. And I, I watched it <clears throat> a K-drama ago. Like, I watched it, then I watched another K-drama, then no, it's okay to not be okay. So, after I watched it, I tried my hand at so many K-dramas and nothing was just... Nothing was giving me the flavor I wanted. I was just feeling like... Ugh. It's okay, but it's not okay. <laughs> you know, it's not giving what it's supposed to give. So, uh, that's when I landed on Suspicious Partner. The, my previous K-drama now. Now, when I watched Suspicious Partner, I was like, okay, it's not, it's no crash landing on you, but I know where the storyline is going. It was a really, when, it, when, the, when Suspicious Partner began, it was a really typical K-drama. Like, you just know the storyline. You know what's going to go on. And it's comforting to know the trope that's going to happen. And I feel... I love my K-drama tropes, honestly. I don't always need all my K-dramas to be different and innovative. I love my K-drama so, tropes. I love when the rich guy falls in love with the, with the poor girl. I love them. I'm sorry, I will not apologize for loving my tropes so when i watched suspicious partners like okay this is a trope i am comfortable watching okay it did end up like surprising me here and there i wouldn't say it was a complete trope but when i watched now it's okay to not be okay i wasn't getting the vibe i wasn't getting the gist i was like okay where's the trope i can't find the trope um no i thought no they want to reverse the poor guy now with the rich girl so Gangte and Munyong, I was like, mm, I'm not really into the arrogant girl and not the poor, young, good, helpless, help, very helpless and very kind young man. It was not something I was willing to invest in. So I remember I watched what, oh, also the episodes were so long. I don't know. I wish Netflix would make the episode episodes shorter. One hour nineteen minutes. Honestly, it was too much. Before, before, let me let me say before I loved the drama. So the first episode, I think I watched it in three days. I know. <laughs> I watched it, paused, watched it, paused, watched it, paused. 
and I did that for the like the first two episodes. I wasn't getting it wasn't you know the way you watch a kid drama and you're hooked. I wasn't getting hooked. So and it was partly because I couldn't get the trope. I wasn't getting the whole gist of it's okay to not be okay. And I think that was my problem. I was going into this expecting a typical tropey romantic K drama. And when I didn't get that, I was disappointed and I was quickly checking out. But honestly, this drama was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I think if I was ever to meet someone and they're like, oh, no, no, you watch K-dramas, how silly. I'd be like, what, it's okay to not be okay? Then come talk to me. Come talk to me after you've watched it. <laughs> because it's one of those K-dramas that I feel, they're so good. There's, I feel someone who doesn't like K-dramas could totally watch It's Okay to Not Be Okay and be in love. They were that. It was that. Oh my God, this drama was so good. So, um, I feel it's, I feel it's outdone itself in a way that no other drama has. I dare say even Crash Landing on You. Don't stone me, don't stone me. Crash Landing on You is still my favorite drama. I love the love story. It's so big, it made me cry. But it's okay to not be okay. It's a masterpiece. You know, a masterpiece. It's the type of thing you'd boast about. It's the type of thing you'd not be embarrassed to put for your friends to watch and tell them this is what I watch, you know. So I'm getting too I'm getting too riled up. <laughs> that was my first impression. My final impression when I was watching the last episode. First of all, I cried. <laughs> I have cried so much watching this drama. And it's not really the sad moments that made me cry, but more of the they're evolving, they're becoming better humans, they are learning, like, oh no, it was the best thing ever. So when I was watching the last episode of this K drama, I was like it's so amazing. These characters have grown so much. And it's something you don't see a lot in K-dramas. Like, you rarely see character development. You rarely see someone growing, someone becoming better. The What grows is maybe the love story. But people rarely change. They don't change in K-dramas. They are just the same. Maybe he was just or she was just a little closed up then with a little bit of love. She comes out of her shell or something of the sort. But we don't see an intrinsic change like I saw in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. The episode one characters and the final episode characters, it was like two different people, two different people. It was so amazing that these people grew. I feel It's Okay to Not Be Okay is not only entertaining, but it's also so educative and it does it in such a, Flawless, so you don't feel like you're being educated. You see in some of these recent Netflix dramas, movies, series, you always feel like they're trying to push an agenda down your throat. Yeah, and it's okay you are trying to educate the masses, but can't you do it in a tasteful way? When I watch It's Okay to Not Be Okay, I felt so educated, but not in a, you got to learn this, but it was a sort of such nice education in a storytelling way as in i just found myself evolving <laughs> as a person as well when i watch it's okay to not be okay so finally let's talk about the characters mm. who is my favorite character 
oh my god this is gonna be hard but i'm gonna say sante opa 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 oh no <sighs> when the series started i was so annoyed with him and i not annoyed in like i wanna kill him but more of like <laughs> can't you just let your brother live his life and i understand like it was he was such a frustrating character the first few episodes and I remember when I was watching uh, the drama, I kept asking myself, how would I have dealt with having, you know, a brother who is, what's the politically correct word? What's the word? Let me pause and <laughs> let me say the word mentally different. I wondered how would I have coped if it was me. I was in the firstborn. I have a mentally different brother. My parents give him more attention. I I don't know. I really felt for Gangte the whole time. But then Sante just came and the character development and the fact that he grew. Like it's hard enough to grow with all your mental faculties working perfectly. Like, it's hard to grow as a person. It's hard to stop being selfish, even when your brain is working at full capacity. But can you imagine the amount, like, it was so touching that someone like Sante could change. Like, he changed. He stopped being selfish. He he learned that Gangte belongs to Gangte. Everyone belongs to them. So, honestly... Whenever he said those words, I always used to cry. Because, like, this is so amazing. They've really, really grown. And the actor, he's... Whoo, the actor who portrays Sangte, honestly, hats off. What what are Korean Oscars called? Because he's, she's supposed to receive one of those. He was so amazing. The moment, the time, the, the amount of times I cried because of his performance. Oh. It was so amazing. Honestly, this drama. I'm just talking about it and I feel like tearing up. But I loved Sante's character development so much. From being so selfish with Gangte to knowing that Gangte belongs to Gangte. And I belong to myself. Sante belongs to Sante. Man. That was such a powerful moment. That was such a powerful moment. And then this episode, this um, this episode, and that particular moment where Gangte talked to Sangte and was like, Kung should be one of them. Like, she's not someone who's gonna take him away, but she's someone else to love him. And then he's then at this point, Sangte has started to act like. I'm the big brother, I'm the young, you know. So he starts calling Gangte. This moment, I think they're in an alley of some sort, and he's calling Gangte, let's go home, let's go home. And then at this moment, I can just see the heartbreak in Gangte and Komunyong's eyes. They're like, Sangte will never accept, will never accept this relationship because he's just ignored everything they've told him about. This is someone once one new person for you to love and then in that moment i just we just zoom in his face and then he calls communion let's go home oh no (sighs) i cried (laughs) 
I cried like a child. I was like, this is the saddest thing in the world. And I feel like Gangte and I went through the same emotions, through the, the whole drama. Because in the beginning, Gangte used to feel like Sangte was a burden. And that's what, that's the vibe I was getting as well. Like I used to feel Gangte, Sangte is such a burden to Gangte. And then in the end, I could see how much Gangte appreci- appreciated Sangte. Like, I could genuinely see it in his eyes that he was happy to have Sangte as his young, as his older brother. That was such a powerful moment. <gasps> Two, let's go to Gangte, our male lead. Now, let me say this. You see the way Gangte is written? I feel like uh, there are so many, um, there are so many male leads in K dramas who've been written like that. But I have never seen the growth that I saw in Gangte. You see the the way he was so calm and um, and like he was, let me say, perfect. He never got angry. He was calm. He was composed. And you know that's the typical K drama trope. That's how you want your guy to be if you've watched what's the name of this drama again hmm, let me remember if you've watched my ideas gangnam beauty you see the male lead that vibe yeah that that's the vibe i get from gangta like he's cool he's chill he's what and growth for him was learning how to be angry growth for him was learning to speak his mind honestly it was so beautiful most of the time never see that type of growth like the guy is just gonna continue repressing his feelings throughout the drama from episode one to the last episode and no one really cares about it two i feel like gangte the actor who plays him did a really really good job to portray the aloof cool i don't talk a lot type of vibe because i feel sometimes when when this trope is written in k-dramas these guys don't really know how to act it out like they always seem so boring and they don't have a personality all they do is just pout and smolder and just act oh i'm so cool and mysterious but i could read i could read the emotion in gangte's face and he was so intriguing you see the way kumunyong was interested in knowing what makes this guy tick yeah, I was also in that same boat. I was like, this guy is so interesting. I can feel like there's something more to him than this cool exterior. And the actor was able to convey that so perfectly. And I feel Gangte was one of the hardest roles to play simply because in the beginning he didn't have a lot of lines. So he couldn't word act. He had to face act, if that makes any sense. But I feel it's really hard to to convey a certain depth in a character when you don't have a lot of words and he did that and it was amazing it was amazing <sighs> so Kumunyong, i hated her guts <laughs> i hated her guts in episode one and episode two and before i agreed to love her and i will say this i hate i hate the guts of any of 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 even the male male leads who are written like Komunyong. You know, the rude, I'm rich, I don't care about anyone, I get what I want. I've never been one to like those types of guys, even in K dramas. Like they always piss me off. And most of the time if they such 
a guy if the guys that the male lead i will most probably have second lead syndrome because i just don't understand rude people like why do you need to be rude why are you being rude so when kumunyong was introduced i'm like oh she's so drop dead gorgeous one two i was like this girl doesn't know how to act because her face was expressionless 90 percent of the time and three i was like oh, i hate how rude she is but whilst i got and got the vibe of it's okay to not be okay and stuck through it and watch it i just came to realize she was expressionless because she didn't show emotion she acted whatever she acted perfectly like <laughs> her being emotionless was her being a great actress i know <laughs> And I just grew to love her. And honestly, when you know how much trauma she's been through, you're even surprised that she's able to cope in this world and at least be a semi-decent human being. <laughs> but I feel... I don't know. She was just... I wouldn't say she was my favorite character, but I will say she she made the drama different she made the drama different i have never seen such a female lead in my entire period of watching k-drama she was so different she was so different and she was so beautiful honestly sometimes even if like i was getting bored i just watched to look at her face like she's so so pretty <gasps> so i will let me let me give a shout out to the child actors of of Komunyong, Gangte, and Sangte. Oh, they did such an amazing job. They did such an amazing job. But especially the actress who played Komunyong. God, that child was scary. <laughs> Honestly, she gave me the creeps. The total creeps. <laughs> they did that perfectly. And let me also add the horror aspect of it's okay to not be okay is what actually was putting me off i don't like anything horror i don't i don't like being scared i don't i'm not gonna watch to be scared so and i know someone will say it wasn't even scary like that wasn't even horror i know but just the vibes the weird music you know the strange little girl her tearing butterflies <laughs> it, it was giving me the absolute creeps that's another thing that almost made me not watch this amazing drama. And I will say, I'm going to shout out our unsung hero, who was unsung, an unsung hero even in the drama. Like, oh no, people really, like, I felt Gangte and Sangte never gave him the love he deserved. And I know you guys know who I'm talking about, you know, you know. Jesu, Jesu, oh no, they made I used to feel like hugging him and patting out telling him, you're an amazing friend, you're an amazing friend. And even though in the last episode, Gangte called him Hyung, I just felt like it wasn't enough. Like this guy has has always been there for you. He's always been your rock. Stop acting like Komunyong is the first person to ever care about you. Like this guy has literally uprooted his entire life, followed you around every single place, always loved you, never taken, never gotten angry at you, always he deserved better. Jesu deserved better. And I love, 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 love that they gave him a love story <laughs> with our cutie Songje. 
I love that because at least you wouldn't be lonely when Gangte and Kumun Yong build their wonderful life together. <laughs> oh, I haven't talked about our second our second couple. Um the director, what was his name? The um, the chief editor, Lee Sangin and Jurishi. I felt that relationship could have been executed better. One, two, they always made Lisangin like he, his foot was always in his mouth. He never knew what he was saying. I just wish for once he had been smooth with her. Like he was always saying things like, I want to be your dad. <laughs> Telling her how he met a girl who he likes, who looks like I don't know what famous actress. Like I wish. They hadn't tried to extract a lot of comic relief from this relationship. I wish they had tried to give it more depth. Because these writers have already shown us they can do depth. So I really don't know why they didn't do depth with this couple. Okay, those are semi-critics. But now my biggest critic of this drama is the villain. Why don't K-dramas know how to nail a good villain? Like... <laughs> Kumunyong's mom was not scary. I'm sorry, she just she was just a psychopath. And I know that's what she was in the drama, but I just wish I wish she was scarier. Like I don't know. There was something about her that I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. Okay, you are laughing, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Butterflies, okay. On my own like what next? I don't know. She wasn't the actress was good, but her writing, it fell short, if you ask me. It fell short. But all in all, I could go on and on about this drama. Psycho, but it's okay. <laughs> but oh, in the end, this was such a nice drama. How can I forget? How dare I try and finish this podcast without mentioning the OG, Jurishi's mom? Oh no, she was so amazing. Okay, where have I gotten this habit of saying oh no all the time? I'm sorry if it's annoying. <laughs> but Jurishi's mom. Where am I calling her Jurishi? Jury. 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 Jury's mom. She was so amazing. And I loved how like she was the mom to all these grown-up kids. <laughs> She gave them the love, the attention, the ear, and the food. She was like, talk, like, oh my God, she's the type of people who hold the world together. So, big ups to her. And the crazy-ish stroke genius, um owner of the psychiatric hospital. <laughs> she always gave me a good laugh. And I love that they tried to make the two flat. Like, I felt it, it was enough flatting without it being, like, it was enough. It was realistic. Yeah, let me say it was realistic for people their age and in their culture. So I really loved their dynamic. And I love the dynamic of the patients in OK Psychiatric Hospital. And I loved how our duo, our trio learned from the, from them and I loved the storybook theme. Honestly, there are a lot of things to love in this K drama, but I, I don't like I don't want this to get to that bit. <laughs> but there's so much to love. The animation, the storytelling oh no, that was so good. The storytelling way of um narrating the drama. Anyway, I can go on and on forever, but 
all in all, I give this drama a 9.5. It was that good. It was that good. <gasps> it's okay to not be okay. You are so okay. Better than okay. Bye. <laughs>